Well, tonight we've been centering our attention on the birth of Christ, uh, the son, Jesus, the Son of God, who came to earth to be, a ba- uh, be born as a baby, and this was all a part of God's great plan to provide salvation for sinful man. In Matthew 1, the angel came to Joseph and told him, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. In Luke chapter 1, the angel said to Mary, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus. Jesus means the Lord of salvation. And so that's what Christmas is all about. And I want us to just very briefly tonight focus in on three truths from actually the second uh, uh, second uh, letter of Corinthians, uh, uh, chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4 may not seem like a Christmas passage to us tonight, but uh, we've been discussing this particular passage the last several Wednesday nights as we've been looking at what it means to have a Christian ministry. But I want us to just think about a few verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning verse 5, it says, And we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Just notice three particular truths here. First of all, the focus. Verse 5, it seems so obvious that Yet Christ can get lost in what we're saying. We can lose focus and we can begin speaking about ourselves and what we've done and all that we've accomplished and the Lord becomes second on the list or maybe even farther down on the list. But Paul could have easily done that as well. You know, Paul had the credentials more than than I do. If you read what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 9, you find out he really did have the credentials. You see, if the greatest message you have is to talk about yourself, then you just really don't have much to say. Don't we have a greater message to talk about than about ourselves? Of course we do. And that message is Jesus and what he's done for us. You know, we're to bring people to Christ, and that can only be done as we speak of Him, as we share the gospel of Christ with others. Now, don't make Jesus your sidekick. You know, He's not like Abbott Costello and, and Lauren Hardy, you know, just a, another sidekick to, to go along in life, not just a, a partner. No, He's the Lord. And Paul says that we are his bondservants. It's not the other way around. We willfully surrender our lives to him, to serve him, and thus, as a slave, we don't glory in ourselves, but in our master. We bring glory to Christ. Now what can happen is, 
as we lose sight of the message is that we try to make some maybe moral changes in person, uh, people. We try to get them to reform when the reality is those changes only take place inside of a person's heart and then they overflow to the outside and only Jesus can make those changes in a person. It's as someone has said, to make the end of preaching the inculcation of virtue, to render men honest, sober, benevolent, and faithful is part and parcel of that wisdom of the world that is foolishness with God. It's attempting to raise fruit without trees. When a man is brought to recognize Jesus Christ as his Lord and to love and to worship him as such, then he becomes like Christ. And what more can the moralist want? Listen very carefully to what Paul said to the Corinthians back in the first letter to the Corinthians, when he, uh, which he gave them. He told them in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, beginning in verse 1, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should stand, not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see, it has nothing to do with the vessel only with what the vessel is filled with. And for Paul, it was Jesus. And so his message was Jesus Christ. And that has to be our message as well. Or else we are just giving people the wisdom of men, and that's not going to really help them at all. The gospel message is the power of God to salvation, to everyone that believes, and thus to, that we need to speak it forth that some might believe. The focus must be Christ. Don't lose sight of that. Now the second truth here is in verse 6, and it's the reason. The reason. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It would seem that Paul is going back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3 as God created the light. He expelled darkness. Listen, folks, the reason we speak of Jesus as the Savior of the world is because He is our Savior. We were once in spiritual darkness, and Jesus came in, and He expelled the darkness with His glorious light. In John 8, chapter, uh, John 8 verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John 12, 46, Jesus said, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. No sin has permeated the world, and there's spiritual darkness over the face of the earth, and, and then at God's appointed time, God became flesh and He dwelt among us and Jesus came as the light of the world and all who come to Him, who receive Him, will be, be saved. Paul put it this way in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. 
He said, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And so God has shown in our hearts. We have received His light, His life. You see, we don't need a 12-step program. We don't need some therapy. We don't need some pills. We don't need a drink. We don't need that counseling. What we really need is Jesus Christ. The one-step program, you might say. And he will expel the darkness that has, was in us and he'll replace the glorious light. In Luke chapter 2, we spoke of this earlier today in our lesson in the, for the adults in Sunday school. Luke chapter 2, it was Simeon who said after the birth of Jesus, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, and he says this, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. <coughs> Jesus is the light of the world, which was spoken of not only at his birth, but also prophesied long before his birth ever took place. And he has shined that light in our hearts, and we have received the revelation of God, the wisdom of God, the grace of God into our lives. And so we see the focus, the reason, and then thirdly, the response. Verse 6 again says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of, dark, uh, of darkness hath shined in our lives, hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Again, remember... I've already quoted John 8, 12, but he said, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We have seen how the Lord then shines in our lives, but it doesn't stop there. Listen to what Jesus said, and it seems kind of strange, but in John chapter 9 and verse 5, we're told, as he said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, how can that be? You know, after the death, his death, the light is gone, right? No, not exactly. And let me show you what I mean. Because over in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now please don't understand, misunderstand what Jesus is saying here. He is the light source and we then reflect His light. You know, when we look at the moon, I could barely see it tonight when I came out of the house tonight. I could see the moon. It was kind of hazy. But when we look at the moon, we might come to the wrong conclusion thinking it's shining in reality when it is not. 
The sun's rays hit the moon and the light of the sun reflects off the moon and we can see it. And so it is with God shining in our hearts. We reflect the light that is in us for He is the light source. Now for some, they just like to hide their light. They like to keep it to themselves. They don't want it to shine upon anyone. Uh, but you just can't do that. Think of it like this. You may love the sunshine. You may love to bask in the sun. And you may love to maybe sit in your sunroom and just take it all in. Especially this time of the year. And so thus in your bright and sunny room, you close the curtain so none of the light can get out right? What happens then? Well, you place yourself in darkness and then you can't shine for Jesus. You can't hoard the light you, or else you will lose the light in a sense. Remember what Jesus said again in Matthew 5, 14? Ye are the light of the world. Thus, like the song that we used to sing as children, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. May we do that. May we shine for Jesus. Now, there can be, and there are, always is, and some of you know what I'm talking about when I say there are difficult times. Things that seem to overwhelm us. But listen, folks, look at all the Lord went through for us. Look how much Jesus suffered so that we might live. And so as a His servant, as His bond servant, we can expect no less in our own lives. You see, we are bringing to people the light of Christ, reflecting His nature, His love, and the world doesn't like it. They don't like the light of Christ to shine, and so they try to extinguish it. They try to put it out. They crucified the Lord trying to extinguish the light, and they couldn't do it. And they'll try to do the same with us, but God will not allow the light to go out. You see, we, as we shine for Jesus, it makes them uncomfortable. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? It makes the world uncomfortable when we shine. The lifestyles they are living are exposed. They don't like the light. Think about it. When you sit in a dark room for a while and then someone comes in and turns on the light, what happens? Right? You, the light hurts your eyes. And that's the way it is with the world. They're not used to the light. When you have a messy room, you like to keep the lights out so people can't see the mess. It's in the dark. Why do you think Bars and nightclubs are dark. So people can't see their sin, and you can't see their sin. But don't let that stop you from shining. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, let, 5 and 6, let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we can, may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You see, perspective is everything. 
And may our message be focused on Christ. May we give to others what Christ has given to us. As we, or as He has shown in our hearts that we may shine forth with the love of Christ into other people's hearts. May we stay close to the Lord and allow Him to shine upon us so that we can reflect His glory to others, the glory of Christ. Don't let the things of this world get in the way of the Son of God shining down upon you. Let your light so shine that God may be glorified. Now tonight, in just a few moments, we're going to light some candles. And this is not a, I don't believe this is a service in the sense that the ordinances that we observe here, it's not in obedience to a command of God to let your light so shine. But really, the, the candles, again, are a picture. They're symbolic in the sense that even it's what we need to do every day. We need to let our lives shine. There's nothing magical about a service like this other than the miracle that God can use each one of us to use uh, of us to be used as a light in this dark world. Lighting a candle will not save you. But only by putting your faith in Christ and letting the light of the gospel shine in your heart can you have the relationship you need to have with Christ.